This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. All right. On this episode of Bucket Talk, we have Morgan Tyke of at Captain Planks. And Morgan is a maker in the makerspace. Welcome, Morgan. Hello. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So um, we've done some stuff in the past together, a giveaway. Um, you have phenomenal woodworking skills, um, not to mention good taste in music. Thank you. Um, so we enjoy... Uh, a lot of your reels and um, you do some pretty amazing work, but clearly uh, you had a journey to get here and we'd love to dive into that. So go back as far as you want. Um, I'd love to get to know Morgan, you know, from an early stage all the way up to now, how you got your start, um, what made you get into woodworking and, um, you know, feel free to let us know. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I actually... I'll go way back. I love these stories. Um, I've always had pretty interesting, fun jobs. I've worked for like a racing school. So we did a lot of uh, stock car racing experiences, like formula racing experiences. We had Porsches. We had uh, Corvettes. Lots of fun doing that. Um, I took an interest in cosmetology for a while. I thought I wanted to do hair. Turned out I did not want to do that. Um <clears throat> So I'm 32, and when I was 18, I started working. I did some work in the cannabis industry in California, and it wasn't yeah. fully legal yet, and I I loved it. I thrived at it. I did really well with it. I worked in the industry for about 10 years, and then I it went bad. It went sour right before it went legal, and I decided I wanted to get out, so... I was always creative, always artistic, always knew I wanted to do something, but I couldn't paint like my family could. Um, my, my mother, my grandmother, some people on my dad's side, all very artistic, but they could paint. They could look at a blank canvas and really bring it to life. And I couldn't do that. It like, frustrated the hell out of me because I'm like, what the fuck? You know, yep. I come from a long line of artists. I should be able to do this, you know, but I couldn't do it. <clears throat> and it made me so mad. So I just started experimenting with other things. I kind of just played with in my head the idea of different mediums and the wood would always intrigue me, furniture, anything. The way that it was built, even though I don't make furniture, woodworking, um, the precision, all of it, it just intrigued me. And I'm terrible with math and I'm not the most precise woodworker, but what I do yep. is more art driven. It's more, <clears throat> I can take a lot of, scraps a lot of pieces and I can make them fit whereas a lot of other woodworkers need specific materials they need to do very specific math to achieve what they're looking for mine I can kind of manipulate it hand cut it squeeze it in make it fit um, so I really found my niche and I, I started out make, carving hair sticks whittling them by hand loved that then I uh, got a little more tools I started making yard games. I made giant dice, yard Yahtzee, Jenga. Um, then I made little vinyl signs, painted signs. Then I found the scroll saw. And once I found the scroll saw, it was, it was over after that. It was, I gave myself about eight months of learning and uh, I went full throttle, started completely scrolling everything that I do. And then I did that for about a year and a half. And then I went full time for it. And uh, I've, I've done that now three and a half years. So, so is the scroll saw something that you like jump into or is that a tool you work up to? Um, I've actually personally never used one. I've used all types of saws, but um, that is one. Is that something that like, you know, is, a, is something that you can just go out and buy and ding around with it and then get proficient in it? Or is it you need to have a basic understanding of other, other types of uh, tools before you can you know, hop on that and start playing right. around. No, uh, you know, I think that uh, with any tool, how do I say it? 
I mean, with any tool, you, you, you should always be safe. You should always, um, you know, take, take the right, the necessary precautions, you know, use a variety of things, try different things, but always be safe. I think a scroll saw is a, mm-hmm. a, a very easy one though, to just jump right into for sure. It's, it's n- not too advanced and it's one in its own where there's not really another saw like that aside from a bandsaw, which is more bite and you're, you, you can't get the same corners or the same, you're not going to get the same detail from a bandsaw that you're going to get right. with a scroll saw. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think a scroll saw is something that anybody can really buy and be proficient in. I think that it's an amazing tool. It, it really unlocks a level of creativity. Um, I feel like it's very limitless. It, it adds to my laser. It adds to everything else that I do. It, when you add something scrolled to a piece, I feel like it only amplifies it because of the detail that you can achieve with that. Awesome. Awesome. So I do want to ask a question only because you brought it up mm-hmm. and I'm super intrigued by it as mm-hmm. I venture into new trades. Obviously, uh, cosmetology is a trade. It's taught in trade schools. Um, but I kind of wanted to get in and as comfortable as you want to be, a little bit into the cannabis industry. That is yeah. absolutely intriguing. It's legal here in Maine. It's legal in Mass. Um, obviously legal in California, yeah. Washington, and Oregon. Uh, and yeah. then Oregon uh, as well. Yeah. So, um, what was some of the, what was some of the issues that you had then that you feel are resolved now? Um, and would you recommend getting into the that that level of work or or that craft now knowing that it's, it's, it's safer. It's a little bit more, uh, regulated, I guess on a state level anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember hearing the stories of them saying like, we can only deal in cash because banks won't let us use it. So like it, there was like that unsafe, aspect yeah. of it. but then, <laughs> you know, you still have, I mean, up here, they just had a, they just had a bust because we're close to the border. So border patrol pulled over a local guy and because they're federal agents, they ended up getting arrested for having plants, even though they were legal to do so in the state, but because it was federal agents and they had jurisdiction, Mm -hmm. these guys literally got screwed. But, um, yeah, what was some, what was some of the reasons, like, would you have stayed in it if it was legal at the time? Well, I actually, so I did, um, I was still up until I left California. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would say just before I left. So maybe up until nine, 10 months ago, I was still working in the industry. I still did part-time work on the side, but it was always remote. I never really had to do anything that I showed up for too much. Um, really simple work, but I've always maintained my connections. I've always worked in the industry. So I've worked in both the black market and the legal industry. Um, mm-hmm. I would say now, I don't know. I could be a buy. I could be, this could be just, I, I have a distaste for the, and I don't want this to reflect poorly on me. <laughs> no, but no, for no. The, for I the, mean, everybody has their opinion. I have a distaste for the, the legal market only because they make it impossible, in California at least, they make it impossible for the small business owners to achieve anything now the mom and pop shops the people who want to have one shops um one to two shops uh everybody who is thriving is funded by a corporate entity so it's very very big now like even marble is supposed to be coming out with like this whole cannabis thing and you know uh all these huge huge corporations are taking over and it's so oversaturated that it makes me sad from a small business point of view. So I do recommend people get into it and I encourage it because I think it's such a booming industry and I think it helps so many people. And it's, I, I, yeah. I really do. I, I really do. And I know it's controversial and there's back and forth arguments and I can see both sides all day. I see how it, it like anything, it see, can become demonized or I'm it can become be bad, but. I'm going to be controversial with my statement. Is it really controversial or is it generational? Because I, I mean, I do agree. Yeah. I'll, 
I'll throw it out yeah. there. You know, I may or may not partake with my father every now and again <laughs> up here on the farm. So it's like, and then, and then realizing that my dad has been doing it for X, Y, Z. And, and I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's like, it's like essentially getting out of your way. But to, to, to your point, um, again, up here in Maine, it's, it's a weird market too, because it is, we have medical shops mm -hmm. and we have rec shops and neither of them are the same. So you can't go purchase rec from a medical mm -hmm. and you can't and, and vice versa. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense at all. It's See, like, that's very interesting to me too, because in California, there's really no, at least in Los Angeles where I was, there was no separation. Yeah. Like there really wasn't. Yeah. Um, here in Oregon, there is. So it, it's the same shops, but there's two prices on each price tag, different color. And the colors oh, correspond with medical or recreational. Or yeah. And uh, medical is much cheaper than the recreational. And I'd never seen that before. So the way it is in Maine, I haven't seen either because LA, it's all just like one. Yeah. You're just I happen to be in I happen to be in one of my my classes um, for college and he was from California and he was part of their marketing department and he's like you and you're like it's it's huge mm -hmm. like we're we're a big company and uh, I don't know it's just interesting even even hearing now on on I mean it didn't take long for colleges to capitalize on they, they have mm -hmm. a they have the cultivation degree so the the actual get your hands dirty clipping buds and stuff and then you have the the business side so um now they're now they got um cannabis degrees mm -hmm. and i'm just like that didn't take long did it mm -hmm. uh, you can go to school for uh consulting now too and you can start a very uh you can charge a few hundred dollars an hour just to do cannabis consulting excuse me i want my blanket uh cannabis consulting um for other companies so say if you you were a cultivator or an extraction artist or whatever it may be. You can charge four or five hundred dollars an hour, and you can go and consult. I like that extraction artist. <laughs> yeah. Wow, we've come a long way. We really we have, have come a long. <laughs> my, my my days as a kid was just like you know I don't know. It's, yeah. It's still to this day you're like looking over your shoulder. It's like it's 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 a non-issue. Mm -hmm. It's a non-issue anymore. Um. I don't know. I mean, nowadays I've actually, I said it to a few of my friends. I don't sell, I don't smell cigarette smoke anymore mm -hmm. and, and, and really anywhere, but the overwhelming smell of, of like everybody, smoking, everywhere, everybody, smoking, everywhere, everywhere. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So back to our regular scheduled program, <laughs> let's get, let's get into, uh, the, the, uh, the wood side of things. So, um, What's interesting uh, is that your family has this artistic background. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, the apple f doesn't fall far from the tree. You just needed to find that that outlet. Um, you mm -hmm. happen across um, the scroll saw and and woodworking. Who was your inspiration for actually? Like who who taught you, or how did you learn, or were you just like you had a DIY project, whether it was like a birdhouse or something and you're like then it kind of snowballed from there was, was it something like was there a pivotal moment or was it just so uh, one of my friends that I connected with through Instagram Christina and uh my friend Jocelyn Jocelyn Elise designs and Christina mm -hmm. naturally made by hand um both of them scrolled like I think from maybe a year a year or two before I did and uh yep. both of them very, very talented, incredible artists, and they, they were a big inspiration to me. Um, mostly self-taught, though, other than tips or things, you know, do this, this would be easier, or, you know, get multiple signs this way, do that. Um, and then as I built the community and as I, you know, connected with people through Instagram, I kind of ma made more friends in the scrolling community and Drafted yep. inspiration from everybody a little bit. Um, one thing I've always prided myself on is I like the, I like the off the wall or I guess for lack of a better term, like weird or edgier stuff. I don't, you won't always see a lot of 
super girly or pretty signs for me while I do them and I love them I have a hard time sharing them and not for any reason in particular I just I really love the the work that excites me is the stuff that's a little different than what you see out there so that's why I don't share as often I, I share about 30 yeah. percent of the work that I actually make because I just if it's a floral sign or a nursery sign or something that looks repetitive to my portfolio, yeah. I don't find the need to share it. I just want to get it out. And then I share what I'm excited for or new stuff or something I'm proud of or whatever it may be. There's the business side and then there's the, the mm -hmm. absolute like love for what you're doing. I mean, as I'm looking, your background, the graffiti art, like that is, yeah. that's amazing. That's awesome, that's right? Great. That's a great picture. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can sense the edginess too. I mean, um, I, I'm a huge corn fan and having you, when you, yeah, they're good. They're a, great. A corn, yeah. Dude, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, not only am I vibing to some scrolling, but I'm also loving, loving the music selection. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you. no, I mean, you could definitely, you can definitely sense that in, in what you do and, and, and that's pretty, pretty amazing. And, um, you know, I guess if anybody out there uh, knows, like some of the best artists out there, some of the best craftsmen, tradesmen, and women um, are are ones that really are passionate about their work mm -hmm. and and really put their heart and soul, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, so you know, again, you take pride in your work. You bring a new meaning to scrolling on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hey, that that uh, yeah. took me longer than I'm proud to say. <laughs> I was like, there we go with the dad. I'm all, there it is. There um, it is. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, no, I think it's, I think it's great. Um, so what, like, what's the next step for you? I mean, three and a half years, mm -hmm. you know, just doing it, grinding it out. Um, yeah. is there plans to take on new people? Is there plans to do like really high end art pieces, mm -hmm. galleries, like, yeah. Like what, what's next for Morgan? I, I, I would love to love for you to unleash this. Yeah, no, I, uh, so next I, that's another reason that I'm so excited about this, this remote work that I'm doing right now, because I'm able to kind of step back and look at captain's planks as my passion again, and not just my livelihood. Um, yeah. While it's both, I always want to keep that fire lit, right? I always want to keep the creativity flowing. And um, if I'm being totally honest, I haven't spoke about any of my personal life in the last year and a half. And uh, don't know when I will, but things have just taken a wild turn, like life does to yep. all of us, right? Yep. Um, and... I feel like I've been on autopilot and I haven't been, I've been proud of my work, but I haven't been completely fully immersed in it. I've just been writing that thin line of like, all right, I'm getting, I'm production, production. I'm going to get this out yeah, getting orders done, and then I don't even share it. I don't have photos of it. I didn't, you know, whatever it may be. So now I have like six or seven signs right now that all the content's backlogged. I just need to edit it, share it, get the content um, that I'm very, very, very proud of. And they're more in the direction that I want to go. But I've been working on redoing my website, restructuring my business, making a new game plan. Um, I want some automated stuff that the laser can handle so that when I am doing this remote work, it's a bit easier. And I've closed off my customs until after summer. So uh, my wait list right now is about eight months, eight months. And it was about 11 months just, to, yeah. So I finally started getting caught up, um, still more behind than I want to be, but I'm grateful for the work that I have lined up and I needed to cut them off. So the goal is to catch up on all of that, get that all done, pushed out and, reformat the direction I go with my customs. I want to work mainly with hardwoods now. I want to phase out of paint completely, um, kind of bring a new style and element to my art. I want to start doing some metal work. I want to learn welding. So I have a lot of plans, a lot of new directions I want to try and go in the next year. And uh, 
Yeah. This this remote work that I'm doing, even though Captain's Planks isn't full full time right now, um, it's going to allow me to do that, to step back and kind of take the time I need to reformat my business in a way that I know is really going to work for me longevity wise and uh, put that passion back into me that I need because it's the autopilot just doesn't feel the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree. And, and there's there, I've had podcasts with, uh, actually Lee Omen, uh, Regal street woodshop. He had yeah. he brought it up, um, electrician by trade. Um, and then does all his, you know, um, carpentry work outside of it. You know, his wife runs a laser and mm-hmm. everybody's happy. And then I talked to him about like, Hey, what's your next step? And he's like, this is it. Like, yeah. I don't want to go more than this because then I'm going to lose the love for it. And it was, it was kind of refreshing because like, (laughs) as I asked that question, you know, and there's no wrong answer, but like for some people, their day job is their day job. And this is an outlet. This is a way to unwind, relieve stress, whatever, whatever it may be. And that when you incur more orders, more demand, Mm -hmm. more people, then the stress comes on that, (laughs) <laughs> that you were trying to relieve, you know what I mean? So, um, no, I absolutely, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then the other thing I want to bring up, are you going to makers camp by any way? I've wanted to, and I may, I may, especially if I make my way back to, uh, the Nashville area, try, try yep. and skedaddle up that way. Um, so, but I highly recommend it. Yeah. I went for the first time last year. Um, and you know, I weld, um, I was more in automotive restoration Mm -hmm. and and mechanics and stuff like that. So like every now and again, I'd weld an art piece. Like my wife would see something on Pinterest and like, you can't do that. And I'd come home with like a welded flower and I was like, yeah, watch me. Took me way more time than (laughs) I should have. And, and, and probably not as pretty, but I was like, see, I can do that. Um, but anyway, so I was there and just the, again the maker community is just unbelievable every time i get on and talk about makers it's like it's a welcoming community i mean we have blacksmiths to Mm -hmm. um welders to you know all types of woodworking epoxy now i mean that's that is taking the makerspace by by trade or by by storm um i mean total boat hats off to you like just just absolutely found a new avenue for for making it work really yeah um, but what was interesting is is like you know when we brought the team up they were now learning to weld with lincoln um you know our our video guy dylan um he's out there forging in the in the in the blacksmith <laughs> and i was like and it was amazing it was it was like it was cool so um, I highly recommend it. Um, it's a great, it's a great time. It's Columbus day weekend. Um, I, if, if I don't go as a brunt entity, I would absolutely go as a personal entity. It is amazing. Yeah. So, Makers camp is the um, one I would that highly I, recommend it. That's the one that I think that I would, uh, want to go to the most. I'm not a, what, not, not a big workbench con person, nothing against it. It just doesn't seem like the, um, event that i would have yeah fun at, but maker camp seems like a great time so yeah i i, I didn't make it there i, I can't really speak to yeah it. Um, yeah i've had people go a lot of people have a great some time have had mixed feelings yes and i know some but, who have not but yeah. you know neither here nor there i think maker camp sounds a lot more fun 100 <laughs> percent um and only because i've been so that's yeah that's what it's, it's fun. But um, so I saw. So just to get back on topic, I had seen a creator um, who I can't I, I don't know his name, but he did a lot of pieces for like um, uh, like the Bulls or, you know, sports teams or whatever. But essentially he takes all different types of wood and makes a mural out of it using the colors and the grains, the natural colors and the natural grains of the wood. So it's, it's almost like a mosaic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it was, it was, it's, it's not like in the abstract where you're like, is that a face? It was literally like a depiction, like the guys do with the Rubik's cubes nowadays, which is amazing. And it's yeah. all right. But um, yeah, he does these pieces that are, that are portrait pieces mm-hmm. done by 
you know, all different types of woods uh, from all over the world and using their natural colors. Is that kind of not the mosaic piece, but is that kind of what you want to get into is using the natural grains, the natural colors instead of using paint? Yeah. So the uh, technique you're referring to, actually, if what you're describing is what I'm thinking is intarsia and it's where people um, essentially you're, you're puzzling together Mm-hmm. pieces of you know hardwood and you're using the natural grain and you're manipulating the orientation and shaping it and giving it um, dimension and then piecing it all together like a puzzle and you, you, yep. you get your image whatever it may be whether it be a, a person's face an animal a shoe a um, but yes yes that is what I want to do and funny that you mentioned that because I just did that. One of the newest things on my feed is that big walnut mountain range that I did. That's like five by five feet by two feet. Um, and I did just that. I, I used all hardwoods. I pieced it together, going different directions, manipulated that. I, I, I shaped everything. Um, I haven't shared the finished piece yet because it's still in Tennessee and it needs to go to North Carolina. And I did not get enough content before leaving because I suck at my job some days, <laughs> man. <laughs> so it's still there and uh, Andrew can get it. So he'll he, he'll be sending me that soon and I will be getting out some content of that. But that is one of my awesome. most recent signs that I'm I'm most proud of. And it is the direction I'd like to go. Yes. Yeah. No. And that and that's cool. And um, you bring up Andrew. He's been he's been an awesome uh collaborator he's he very knowledgeable in the woodworking industry as well got to give a shout out to cold brew yeah um (laughs) but 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 at the same time are you learning a lot from him and like he's got a different technique he's more furniture and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. and um is he learning from you you learning from him like this this is a cool collaboration yeah yeah so that's such a cool question because it's my favorite thing and I probably talk about it multiple multiple times a week to him like I I kid you not I I am constant constantly learning from that man I mean he is insanely talented but insanely precise his attention to detail is just unparalleled unmatched like and the same I like I like to think the same with me and my work and you know, I've taught him a lot about scrolling. I've taught him a lot about paint. I've taught him a lot about the finish side of the paint side of finishing. Whereas he's taught me a lot about the hardwood finishing. So, I mean, it, yeah. it was working there was huge. I, I used tools I haven't got my hands on and I don't have in my shop. I really learned a lot about, like you said, he's more, I always say I'm more of we're both artists, but I am more of that like artistic, like I said in the beginning, I, I, f- I manipulate it and force it to fit. He's the precision woodworker. And mm-hmm. that is a side of woodworking that fascinates me because it's never been my strong suit, but I, I love it. It's, 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 such, it's an art form that I love, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's wood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, I f- like to say, we've both equally learned from each other. I'm constantly learning from him. I mean, even when he's not deliberately teaching me, I'm just absorbing because his brain works out loud. And I love people like that. I love people who are in the zone, but they're verbal or you can see what they're doing or they're, you know, and so being around and working on FaceTime, whatever it may be, I am always, always learning from him. He's it's, it's really cool for our worlds to come together, but, we don't step on each other's toes because we do different things. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was interesting because there was a point in my career in the automotive industry that I had maxed out my capabilities at, um, a mom and pop. So a a small mom and pop garage and the, the shop foreman had since moved on and he was 50 something years Mm -hmm. old and I had taken his position, but I'm 30 something years old at the time. And I'm like, as as like proud as I am to be in this position and as 
capable as I am to be here, I also don't want to stunt my growth. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm I'm 30 something years old and I'm the top dog in this position. Like not in the not in the whole ecosystem because I'm sure somebody out there will be like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about." But anyway, <laughs> everyone uh, thinks that. <laughs> I know, right? So, but for me, I w- I was I was scared because I'm a visual learner. I'm I'm one that um can pick on, up on what people are doing. I'm not somebody that's going to hit the textbooks and mm-hmm. and be able to watch videos and and really like get my next level of direction. Like yeah. I need to almost see it in action, be a part of it and then no problem. I'm ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. And and then there's also confidence too. Like the confidence that somebody that's tenured like that has when it comes to situation and you know you're overthinking it they simplify it they're like screwdriver doing things out you're like how'd you do that and i don't know long story short um is that it's good to see that you be at the top of your game and then you find somebody else to um be able to push you that much further um expand your Mm -hmm. skills expand your knowledge base and then you do the same i mean Mm -hmm. Um, your, your spray painting, I mean, you've had to have tagged something, a bridge, an underpass, <laughs> in your life. With, with the way you, the way you rattle them cans, like, <laughs> you know what you're doing, <laughs> you know what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. Like there was a mask at some point in time. You're on like the, the I-95 on the back Thanks. side of something. <laughs> that's great. It's, it's the, it's the painting and I'm from LA. It's, that's what it is. Huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> No, it's I was laughing when you were describing all of that because you you were talking about, you know, oh, you're, you're over there with a screwdriver and somebody is seasoned and you can teach you a lot and all of this, you know, and and it's so true because it's both of us. Like I I like to think that he saves me time while I make him step back and enjoy time. So, you know, I I, stop, I slow him down. Hey man, like you need to stop asking me what my next step is because I want to sit here and I want to stare at this for another 20 minutes and you're going to either watch me stare at this or go do something else because I need to do this and this is like an artistic approach right now, right? But then I'm actually physically doing something and woodworking and he was like, hold on, let me save you 20 minutes because I don't know why you're doing this like we are still with the dinosaurs, you know? And I'm over here like... (laughs) making it harder. I have an affinity for making anything I can as hard as absolute possible. Like if it, if it could take me an hour, I'm going to find a way to take three. I'm going to, I'm just, I am so bad at that. So he, uh, constantly, I mean, he helps me save time, but I like to think like, Hey, I slow you down a little bit and like remind you to take in some of the good parts. (laughs) So, so I usually ask the question, like, what's your next hurdle? But it sounds like that's a TBD. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's going to be an unveiling. So um, more to come with Morgan. I won't spoil the surprise. Mm-hmm. Usually I ask for exclusivity, like, hey, you can launch it on here. But we'll we'll pass that. You can uh, you can launch it on your channel. Um, oh, yeah, there's some big, big changes. To... Big, big <laughs> changes coming. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to ruin it, but... Um, yeah, no. So one of the things is like one, one another question I like to ask is, um, I guess along the hurdle lines is like, what's a big hurdle and, and, and how did you overcome actually making that jump from like having a full-time job outside of this and then making this your full-time job, but also being able to like recognize the signs of like, Hey, I need to pick up something a little extra, make things work. And it seems like the way you talk about it, it seems like it's cohesive and calculated. Maybe it's a little more chaotic, you know, off screen. But yeah. how, how do you how do you manage that that ebbs and flows and, and make it work for you? Uh, you got good questions, man. You got good questions. Um, so I think that's a mental battle because I have had my moments of feeling like, oh, dang, this sucks. Like I feel a little defeated going back to work, right? But instead of thinking of any of it in a negative light, which it's really not, um, it's an opportunity for growth. So I had some big, big changes in the last year. Um, My life kind of switched direction. I have stuff that I'm 
dealing with back in California still, but you know, whatever. So I'm doing my best to enjoy what I have right now and rebuild, yeah. rebuild what I have right now. And, uh, my business is the one thing that I've managed to hold on to. And I always will hold on to it. I, it means the world to me. I love what I do. Uh, so this is just another opportunity for growth. I see it as I'm at my max with production. I'm not in a position that I want to hire an employee or I can hire an employee. Um, and my wait list is maxed out. So yeah. by doing this, I'm going to catch up on work. My art's going to be better. My attitude's going to be better. My mindset's going to be better. My relationships, my friendships, everything's going to be better. Um, so I think that those like ebbs and flows, that's just natural. That's a natural part of life. Yeah. I didn't come into this going full time thinking, all right, man, I'm going to retire myself woodworking. Yes, that is the goal, but you have to be ready for adjustments. There could be anything. I'm at, like I said, 32 years old, I could have a kid, something can happen in life. I could end up changing direction completely where yeah. Now I need to be okay in my mind with whatever change is involved. So right now this yeah. is, I'm sacrificing my time in the, for the sake of accountability and to restructure my business and to be able to take my place, my, myself and my business and take myself to places that I wouldn't have been able to do if I was just hustling for that next dollar and, you know, extending that wait list out and adding the stress and doing all of that. So, so for, for me a lot, so a lot of people ask me, um, were you scared? Were you scared to start your own business? Were you scared to make that jump? Um, I mean, we have a farm, we have hundreds and probably a mm -hmm. million dollars in liabilities, right? Uh, we have, we have riders, we have horses, we have, you name it, right? I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen at any moment in time. Like to think about it is, is almost nauseating, <laughs> right? So, so people, people say, you know, are you scared? And I think the question is more, I'm uncomfortable. And I think the being uncomfortable makes me strive and make things more buttoned up. If I was scared, I don't think I would have done it. Yes. So yes. I, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of misconceptions on like the difference between scared and, and then just taking the jump and, and being uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm, I'm freaking uncomfortable, but, um, like I also want this, mm -hmm. right. This is, this is what I want to do. This is so, so scared. No, I'm more excited to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a phase in my life where, I mean, we're a two year old business now. Um, my, my, farm and everything like that and like most businesses fail within the first two years and now it's you know who knows recession money mm -hmm. this all that stuff like are people gonna spend money on horses like costs of goods go up everything so i am i think keeping my head in the weeds sometimes mm -hmm. and, and not going up and like looking around yeah. is, is sometimes better it's like just keep your eye on like day-to-day -day tasks but um yeah, I mean, are you excited for the new phase? Are you uncomfortable? Are you scared? Um, I am all of the above. I'm not scared. Not scared. Never scared because if I get scared, I this sounds so corny, man. It sounds so corny to say out loud. But if I literally if I get scared, I remind myself no matter what happens, no matter what kind of shit show anything turns into, the world keeps spinning. Your heart keeps beating. <laughs> You're alive. You're alive. You're alive. That circumstance. You want to be grateful for that or not? That's up to you. Every, everybody's different. I personally happy, very happy. I'm here. I'm alive, but my heart keeps beating. World's still spinning. Everything's fine. I have a roof over my head. I have food on my table. Not scared, not scared. Everything else. Yes. I'm uncomfortable, but I think that a key part of it, everything in life whether it be relationships, work, art, anything, it, you got to be comfortable with getting uncom uncomfortable. Really, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's just that that's in anything. 
in communication in love in life and stress and setbacks and whatever it is you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable so this is scary write that down write it down, <laughs> write, write it down. Get that tattoo for all you young people <laughs> like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. go get it that's the key to success right there. <laughs> yeah so it's just it is it is a little uncomfortable the adjustment 100 percent. like when i want to it's the silliest shit too it's like uh when i want to go to the grocery store and it's noon or something you know like i'm I'm like oh yeah i can do that i'm like oh no no you can't monday through friday you can't do that you can't go to the grocery store at that time right you know those oh you're good yeah those moments where i'm like mm-hmm. my wife does not adhere to those rules she's like no oh, go to the grocery store. <laughs> but she's one she's one that'll work with the horses until two in the morning yeah so it's like there's that too she doesn't have that bound and that, it's just it's just a revolving clock yeah it's like and it's, it's 24 hours a day seven days see a day. i'm tr- and this what i'm doing remotely right now i'm tr- basically troubleshooting people's units within their home um yeah so i don't know that i could do that late at night and still do my job so for me it, no grocery store at noon for now and those are these stupid uncomfortable moments that i just am dealing with and i'm like all right, the freedom. You don't have the freedom, but it's going to be okay because you can still have those bad days and focus on yourself at the end of the day, focus on your business at the yep. end of the day, and you still have something coming in where there's no pressure on yourself. And that's what I wanted to really alleviate was the pressure. I wanted to do something that was going to take the pressure off of my passion. You're like an onion. There's so many layers to you right now. Like I didn't even realize that what I was unpacking when I asked you to be on the show. I mean, <laughs> from troubleshooting units to <laughs> the cannabis industry to, I mean, like, are you a volunteer firefighter too? Like, jeez. I swear, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I think about it. I'm like, what the fuck life have you lived? And then I worked before I right before I went full-time woodworking. So I quit the cannabis industry, bought all my tools, didn't know how to use them, watched YouTube to learn how to use most of them, got inspiration That's on it. YouTube scroll- warrior. Yeah, got inspiration on scrolling from some of my friends, the two I told you about. Um, and then I went to work for a little bit at a law firm for a couple of years. And I did like medical records and stuff at the law firm. So it's very odd. Yeah, very weird layers, just very, very weird layers. I've never had a normal like serving or, you know, I, I just, and probably would have been good for me. But the jobs that I did well, have yeah. built a lot of character and allowed me and gave me the skills and equipped me to be able to run my own business and do what I've done for three years too. So. If you can't get hired out there and you're looking for a job, Morgan will give you tips on how to get any job in any industry <laughs> because she is a is a pro. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, you're um, you're a jack of all trades. I, I mean, I think that that's amazing. Uh, it's a lot of people don't realize that a, it's it's showing up on time. It's being trustworthy. It's the willingness to work. Um, and that was kind of, again, the thesis for bucket talk is, is like you, a a lot of times you don't need schooling. You don't need this. You don't need that to get a job in the trades. You Mm -hmm. just need to go inquire, say, how do I be a part of this? And as long as everybody gets a good feeling about you, and that's usually first impression, a lot of times they'll go the extra mile just to get you in the door. Hey, you want to do part-time work? You want to sweep the shop? You want to do this? Like there's always a position for somebody who wants to do it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Like you don't, you don't have to come in with this monster resume and say, I did all this, whatever. Um, If you really want to get in the trades, just go to a business that you are interested in. I mean, hell nobody asks for job applications anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't even think they have paper forms Mm -mm. anymore. So no, and I think um, a lot of yeah. people nowadays really underestimate the value in just being up front with someone. Like, you know, uh, we live in such an age of information and everybody needs to know everything and has to know everything and have all the fucking answers and whatever it may be. And, and you know, just you want, you want to start something, you want to go somewhere, you want to job somewhere you've never been before. You just let them know that you're eager, you're willing to learn and that you're, yep. You want to be in a position at a place somewhere that you can ask questions because questions are a sign of intelligence and knowledge is power and you want to fucking grow. And you just 
put yourself in a position that you look like you're humble and you're ready to learn because that is what you should be doing. You shouldn't be there like a know-it-all. You shouldn't come into anywhere with an ego or a chip on your shoulder. Nobody wants to encounter people like that. Nobody wants to work with people like that or even yeah. really deal with family members like that. You know, nobody wants to deal with anybody who's like that. So <laughs> Uncle Ed won't shut up. <laughs> yeah, he knows everything. Yeah, we know. He's got all the answers. <laughs> Just ask him. He'll tell you. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like... I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like if, if you really want a position somewhere, you want to get into a trade or you want to get into anything that's different from what you've done. If you've only been a server, you want to be in an office. It doesn't matter what you want to do. You yeah. Just be humble, humble yourself, be open for, to learn, open to learn, open to do something new and to tell whoever you're applying to or talking to, I want to learn. I want to learn and I want to be somewhere that I can learn and I can grow and, Hell yeah. All right. So enough of our talk of the trades and the job and everything. What do you do when the clock is punched for unwinding other than um, I would assume we've been in the cannabis industry. We partake. (laughs) (laughs) We go. That's an ebb and flow, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, but what do you do on your off time? Well, let's see. When I was in Tennessee, I just discovered how much I really love shooting. So that's new. That's new. I can't stop thinking about that. But haven't done that since being back. Um, Other than that, I've done a lot of, in California, I did a lot of fishing. I liked to surf. I like, there's a lot that I don't do in Oregon. And I'm new here. So I don't do anything. Riveting stuff. Let me tell you. Um, hmm. my dog, Enzo, we do a lot. We play a lot of fetch. Um, looking to... if you follow her, you know, Enzo, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a one, he's a one and a half year old, 103 pound golden retriever. And he's a, he's got no brakes. He's all gas. He's no brakes. <laughs> He'll plow through your shins. Like he's like, <laughs> but he's, he's great. Um, yeah, I'm still getting acquainted to where I am, where I am in Oregon. I'm right on the beach. Uh, the, the area is called Beverly beach. It's in Newport, Oregon. It's absolutely gorgeous. Everything looks like it's out of a calendar. Um, I love it, but it's freezing and it's always raining and I'm not going to lie. I'm a wussy man. I'm, I'm, I was at the beach in California for the last five years I was, you know, in Glen in like desert heat before that. So not used to the rain, not used to the cold, um, adjusting still here. And I can't even tell you, I don't, I don't do a whole lot here. I really, when I want to like disconnect or do something fun, I spend time in the shop and I just do something for fun. Um, if it was weather and temperature controlled, I mean, I would be out in the water. I would be in the ocean Water is my favorite place to be. I love to fish. Nice. Uh, I love to get outdoors. I love to hike. I love to be with my dog. I love to take him anywhere I can go. So pretty standard stuff. like to get outside as much as I can when the weather permits it. And here it's so damn cold. Well, I think when weather permits it, you might have chose the wrong area because there's a lot of rain. I'll tell you. you know, and it's cold. Tennessee. Though, <laughs> um, but for me, I mean, I love, I love the cold. I'm yeah. actually, I'm hating the fact that it's warming up. Um, oh, I like no. wood stoves. I like splitting wood. I like snow sports. Um, it's just great beer mm-hmm. drinking weather. Like, I don't like drinking beer when I'm hot. So I won't argue um, that. That is that is true. But I used to love drinking beer at the river when it was like 100 degrees too. Just like a cold beer, and it's like hot, and it's like. You're like sweltering and dying and then, you know, it's cold. I don't know. People may call me a wuss for this, but like at that point I'm going for the glass of water. <laughs> I'm just that like, too. That too. <laughs> and people who know me are like, did he really just say that? But, um, <laughs> They're like, right, man. Okay. <laughs> good good I one. Say, I don't think I've ever seen him drink water. <laughs> good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's cool. I mean, I've been uh, – I've been to Tennessee and Tennessee's uh, 
absolutely gorgeous. I think, I think if I was to live outside of, say, I, I migrated from from Massachusetts up to Maine, mm -hmm. um, again in search of that more outdoorsy, more rural feel. Um, I guess sick of all the noise, mm -hmm. to put it correctly. Yeah. Um, but I guess if I was to do it over again, I would find myself in like south carolina north carolina area oh, yeah. so not too far from tennessee and it's and, gorgeous there. I, I can't i can't not live on the coast i mean i don't live on the coast but like if i said hey i want to go to the beach i'm there and yeah. i'm not a beach person i like the ocean i no you know i thought that for a long time i mean I'm, i've spent my whole life basically there but at the, yeah. the lakes in some of these states are pretty big where I was like, all right, I can paddleboard on there and you get like some movement. It's not just a dead lake, but it's still not an ocean. I agree with you. I do. I do agree with you. I, it's hard to think of leaving an ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than we get like jellyfish and stuff. Oh, uh, dude, I've been stung by jellyfish. Have you? Uh, yeah, but not like the jellyfish that you guys got. You guys got like Portuguese man of war. We got these little, I got covered in those. <laughs> covered in them i swear and it's funny it's ironic because i'm portuguese so i got uh <laughs> and, and they got uh i was in hawaii actually and i got stung by those and then in huntington beach in california i got stung by a regular jellyfish oh, yeah but the portuguese ones oh nasty horrible crazy stuff so well this is the end of it it's been a pleasure. I'm sure that we could pick another trade that you've worked in for the next podcast because I think this is there you uh, go. just going to become <laughs> become something. Um, but if anybody wanted to get to know uh, more about scroll saws, more about, um, I guess, purchasing one, where to start, um, your paint techniques are crazy. There's nothing like, again, nothing like somebody that can wield a rattle can is, is pretty good. Um, Thank you. So... <laughs> I trust me, I've spray bomb stuff in my life and nothing ever came out pretty. I'm like, I don't know how they do all this stuff. Like half the time like, the tips clogged. Look at the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know. So if you want to learn more about what Morgan does, um, where can they find you, Morgan? On Instagram, Captain's Planks. Um, you can also find me, captainsplanks.com. There's a little message request form there. There's a chat there and all of that goes just kicks back to my email um and it directs you to all of my social media there too so yeah awesome, and awesome. anybody who has questions on any of that i mean feel free to reach out i sometimes take a week or so to get through message requests but for the most part i mean i answer questions i like to talk to people i uh i don't put out huge tutorials or anything crazy but i'll always answer a question so sounds good well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, this has been amazing. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was nice to finally face-to-face uh, -face meet you. <laughs> <laughs> and as a special thanks to our loyal listeners, we're giving $10 off your next purchase of $60 or more at bruntworkwear.com. Use discount code BUCKETTALK10. That's BUCKETTALK10.